We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. I'm Eric Balkman from the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour and the FFPC. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric Balkman and the FFPC on Twitter at FFPC. Today I'm speaking with Tom Greenwald, a very successful high stakes player that just finished in third place in the 2019 FFPC main event regular season. After the conclusion of the contest in a few weeks, it will indeed pay out $3.1 million, including an industry record $500,000 grand prize. Greenwald has already won well over $25,000 in his high stakes career, and you can follow him on Twitter at UnisourceG. In this episode, he and I talk about the Christian McCaffrey backup plan, potential league winners in 2019, his thoughts on Todd Gurley and David Johnson going forward, and more. Before we get into the show, I want to remind everyone that you can get a listeners-only 30% discount to a Rotoviz NFL Pass through the NFL Podcast homepage, rotoviz.com/podcast. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of the Rotoviz content and tools, and it supports the podcast channel. Now, without further ado, here is the second runner-up in the 2019 FFPC Main Event Regular Season and $25,000 High Stakes winner, Tom Greenwald. It is FFPC playoff week for both the Football Guys Players Championship and the main event. The regular season is behind us, and who better to have on than the dude who not only has won the regular season points title in the Football Guys Players Championship before, but also came uh, pretty close, uh, fairly close, I guess I could say, to winning the FFPC main event regular season points title this year, finishing in third place. And now he's going to try to, to, to get through his league and then uh, on to the $500,000 grand prize. It's Tom Greenwald. Tom, welcome to the, uh, welcome back to the program. How are you tonight? 
Doing good, doing good, exciting. It does it seem like it's week um, week twelve already? It, it seems uh, like it's really flying by. I, you know, I don't know if it's because I'm getting older or not, but these seasons just fly by at this point. You know, it's it's unreal. You prepare for the drafts and everything, and that's such a exciting time of the year. And then just like that, it's almost over. Yeah, and and now we're you know we're we well, obviously this will be fun for the next two weeks for all the playoff teams, seeing if they can bring home one of those coveted football guys players championship medals or or become a a main event league champion and then it's on to the final three weeks when all heck breaks loose uh and and that'll be a lot of fun let's talk a little bit about your team that is uh, in third place in the ffpc main event right now uh a time when a lot of high stakes players swear by zero rb you went robust running back essentially in this league uh that that has you in third place have you ever used this strategy before and and just to I, I'm, I'm trying to remember it off the cuff you went mccaffrey then fournette um i'm forgetting who you took in the third round i want to say chris carson was your fourth round pick and then i think your tight end was zach Ertz. am i remembering this correctly uh, I don't have Ertz. Um, I took Henry. Hunter Henry, um, that's who it was. Yes, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, I luck, kind of lucked out with, with Mark Andrews. He's obviously been yes. pretty, yep. pretty special to this point. You know, in terms of the zero RB thing, you know, that was a hot thing a few years ago, and I, 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 I kind of got caught up in it, and I just never felt comfortable with it. I, I, I've been pretty good at targeting – value receivers that you can get in those like seven through 10 rounds, the uh, Marvin Joneses, uh, John Brown this year has been, you know, somebody who's really exceeded his draft position as well. Jameson Crowder was a guy who I was really targeting as well. And I think he went, boy, I think I got him in like the 11th or 12th round. So when you can do that, you know, it's it's just so much of an advantage to have those running backs because they just get so much volume. The volume with those guys is, is the key. And I always like James White, who's on this team as well. You know, he, he's safe. His floor is 10 points a week. And when you can just plug that into your flex or, you know, when the bye weeks pop up, he's always a nice guy to fill in in, in terms of that as well. I, I in in my leagues uh, with a similar format of the FFPC and the and the football guys, um, not in tight end premium scoring and, and only one flex. Over the last couple of years, I had gone zero RB in like one of those leagues, and for 2017 and 2018, those were my most successful teams. So I, you know, applied the logic of well, if those are my most successful, why shouldn't I? I'm just going to do it on all of mine this year. So I did, <laughs> and it, it yeah. wasn't really, it hasn't worked out. Um, I think I, I out of like the the five teams I did it on, I think one of them made the playoffs, which was really unfortunate. But I will say this: I noticed, Tom, that when I went zero RB, I, I noticed my teams were fairly deep at receiver in into the point where yes, obviously I was playing four receivers every week, three receivers and then a flex. Um, but I noticed that I always had a good like top 30, top 25 startable receiver on my bench. And I don't know if that's that's been a strength for me where I can, you know, you mentioned Crowder. That's a perfect example. Um, Larry Fitzgerald was for, for a good portion of the season, probably about half the season thus far. I had him on a few teams. And, and I just I always looked at it from the standpoint like 
boy, if I would have used one of those picks on a running back, I still could have gone receiver heavy at the front, but if I would have used one of those picks on a running back, all of a sudden now I'm looking at, you know, like two really good or two pretty good running backs and my receivers are still deep. I, I almost think that this sort of semi-modified zero RB thing would have, would have um, paid off for me because to your point, if you get the volume of these running backs early and they stay healthy, I mean, your team can really steam through steamroll through a league. Yeah, no question, you know, and the, the other thing, too, is, you know, it's just a numbers thing. I mean, there's really only technically maybe 20 to 25 elite level, not I shouldn't say elite level, but solid running backs that you can choose from, you know, when this before the season starts. Whereas with wide receivers, you know, you can go into the 40s sometimes and find decent value uh, when you get into that ranking area for those positions. And obviously, too, in this format, with the point and a half for the tight ends, that, too, when you have a couple of tight ends, as I do with Andrews and Henry, that really helps because, you know, those guys, again, I mean, even a bad game is a minimum of 10 points. And, and that's kind of the way I always target it. You know, I mean, that's the minimum I want to get out of each position on a weekly basis. And if I can hit 10 points out of everybody – you know, that just accrues over the course of a season, and, and that's what happened with this team. This team, I don't even think this team is as good as my other main event team. My other main event team, when you look at it on the screen, I mean, it pops. This team, in my opinion, doesn't really pop, but it, it, it just produces because, the, again, the, the floor on most of these guys is that 10-point that threshold, and that's nice to have. Uh, the Chicago Bears cut Mike Davis uh, last week, I think it was, or maybe it was two weeks ago, and the Carolina Panthers claimed him off waivers. In this main event team that you have, you claim Mike Davis off waivers, and now, in addition, obviously you have Christian McCaffrey on this team, but you also have Reggie Bonifon. You you have Mike Davis. How How is this, if McCaffrey were to go down, does one of these guys get the lion's share? Would you end up starting both these guys if, you know, knock on wood, if McCaffrey ends up pulling out for a game or something like that? How would you handle that situation with both these guys on your on your roster now? Well, ma- mainly it's, you know, the, the, the free agent pools in these leagues are so thin. And with the 20-man rosters, you know, I, I just added Mike Davis – you know, just to be safe. He didn't even dress last week, I don't think. So, no, he didn't. He was I mean, inactive. Yeah, and if McCaffrey goes down, I'm in big trouble, obviously. <laughs> um, if if he were to go down, then it basically, I want to play it out and see, obviously, it would probably take a week to see who would get the call between those two. The Bonifon guy seems to have some real juice. And, you know, he's a younger player. You know, I watch Mike Davis. I'm a Bears season ticket holder. I watch Mike Davis at the beginning of the year, and he's a decent player, but he just doesn't have any. There's no juice in his legs anymore. So I, I think he's more of a depth guy there, but I just want to cover myself in the unlikely event that I would have to go that route with either one of them. We are entering, as I stated earlier, the league playoffs in the main event this week, um, and we always talk about potential league winners, you know, guys that were drafted late that might be presented with an opportunity here uh, coming down the stretch, guys that maybe got picked up off the waiver wire um, that, that will have an opportunity to, to really wreck it for anybody who's lucky enough to have them on their roster. Is there anybody on the waiver wire now? Is there anybody that, that, you, that, that you've seen rostered lately, anybody that was drafted late that perhaps people kept on their rosters that given the opportunity, this guy could be huge down the stretch? Well, the one thing that, you know, obviously you've got to start doing at this point is you need to look ahead at the schedules and, you know, who's playing who in those weeks 14, 15, and 16. 
a guy that I had on, I believe, the other main event team, and I wound up dropping him in week 10. I forgot about the uh, locking. Uh, of when, Once you drop the guy, I forgot that they locked and you couldn't re-add him, was uh, Darius Slayton on the Giants, who they have a excellent schedule those three weeks. If Shepard does not come back, if he continues to have his concussion issues, I think he's a guy that really could pop in those final three weeks. I wish I had him on one of these two teams. I don't. Um, some, some of the guys, like I said, that I drafted late, you know, John Brown, Mark Andrews, those guys are, you know, the ones that are going to, in the end, if this team does do well and, and winds up getting close, if not winning it, those are going to be the guys that are going to be the keys to, to the success of it at that point. Well, and, and you mentioned John Brown. Let's talk about him for a second. Now, in your lineup this week, I believe John Brown is on your bench, and he's obviously been very, very good this season. Have you made the change to put him in your starting lineup? Has it been difficult finding a spot for him, or do you think he is going to be on your bench this week? Based on the matchup, I'm probably going to leave him on the bench. I, I don't like the matchup with Chris Harris. I also think that the Bronx or the um, – Bills had a, a you know an easy matchup last week. They succeeded. Now they go home. They face a tougher defense. Josh Allen's up and down, and you know I mean John Brown has had a real nice year. He could have even a better year if Josh Allen were able to uh, hit him on some of the deep throws he's missed. He's missed him on a lot of deep balls this year. So for this week, I'm at a point where. I really just want to try to feel the lineup that's going to get me to around 150 points. And I, I just feel the guys that I currently have in there are going to be better off in terms of trying to hit that number. John Brown obviously has been, you know, more than I expected. And I plan on using him down the road. But I think this week I'm going to, you know, based on the matchup, probably not go that route. John Brown, too, to, to our earlier conversation, he's another guy. If you hit on him late, I mean, you, 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 can, you can definitely afford to wait on receiver. I mean, he's been, to me, he's been a top 15, top 20 receiver almost every single week this season. Um, and, and to think about how good he could have been and the numbers he could be putting up if he and Allen were more in sync is, is, is really staggering. Uh, and he really could have been a league winner, no question. He still could be. We'll see what, what happens with Buffalo down the stretch. Just want to take a moment to tell you about our friends over at MyBookie. It doesn't matter if you're an experienced player or a first-time customer. MyBookie welcomes all to come and play, so quit waiting around and sign up today. Do you find yourself wanting to get into the sports betting action but have a lot of questions you're not sure how to place those wagers? Don't sweat it. MyBookie's patient customer service team can walk you through the process, and the best part is, if you join now, you still have time to get involved in our incredible sign-up offer. Just log into MyBookie.ag and make your first deposit with the promo code RotoViz. MyBookie will match that first deposit halfway up until 50% to jumpstart your bankroll, and that's the top of a risk-free bet. That risk-free bet will be available next week for the Thanksgiving games. More information coming on that on next Tuesday's show. But make sure you get involved in that offer for the 50% sign-up bonus with the code RotoViz. Make sure you do your part to support your team this season. Hop on the gravy train and get involved in the action with my bookie. Once again, that promo code is RotoViz for a 50% bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. 
I also want to let you know about our friends over at Untucket. The holidays are almost here and you know what that means. There is gifts to be bought. And I know recently that I got a gift off one of these Untucket shirts and I really appreciated it. So I do think it's a smart way to go if you're trying to think of something to buy for some of your friends or the guy in your life. Make sure that you go and jump on over to Untucket. What better gift than a stylish shirt that fits just right? Unlike most brands, Untucket shirts are actually designed to be worn untucked i'm not a big fan of tucking them in hence why i love untuck it as much as i do they are casual and sharp and you always look good when you're out and about with more than 50 plus fit combinations untucked shirts look great on tall short slim and athletic guys of all ages again i am one of the taller guys uh, around my area anyway i don't know about around the world but uh, it fits me and i, I find it very hard to get the match in the, the arm length and the back length off them so untuck it fits me perfectly you can find your favorite untuck it style online or check out at one of their 80 bricks and mortar stores choose from wrinkle-free button downs super soft flannels outerwear and more so whether you're shopping for the perfect holiday gift or just trying to look smart relaxed and stylish on your own untuck it is the way to go right now you can visit untuckit.com and use the code blue for 20 percent off at checkout once again untuckit.com Promo code is blue for 20% off. Let's shift the focus from receiver to um, to running back here. Todd Gurley ended up going off this uh, uh, past September as the ninth running back off the board. Currently, he is 16th in scoring at the position so far this year. Are we going to see him as we look forward to, to 2020 drafts? Are we going to see him tumble to the third or maybe even the fourth round of drafts next year? Or is this a, a, a unique buying opportunity where if you take him in the mid to late second, you could be in for something huge? How do you fall in on Gurley as we look towards the stretch run this season as well as next year? Well, it was funny. I, I have probably, I probably do around 20 teams across various platforms. Um, and I, he was completely off my board back in August and September. I didn't touch him in any one of those 20, 20 teams. And what I try to do a lot of times is I try and spread it out, try to get some different guys that fall in the same target range. But whenever I had an opportunity to go that route, I just said no. I, I, he's not the same player he was. Um, I watched the game last Sunday night, for example, and he had a nice, you know, decent game, but Todd Gurley of a year, year and a half ago, he would have had a huge game based on the holes that were created. He just doesn't have that same pop. And, you know, again, it, it's just the way that the, the league works at this point. You know, these guys flash for about two to three years, and, and then the body just says, I can't handle this anymore, and they're not the same player. So, uh, yeah, you mentioned uh, – in the um, email you sent, uh, David Johnson, too, he's another one that, unfortunately, his best days are just in the rearview mirror. It's a young man's game, and, you know, what are those guys, 25? It's a shame right. to say that, that, that they're past their prime, but, you know, for the way this game works, they kind of are at this point. It'll be interesting to see where, you know, McCaffrey, obviously, is locked up you know, the number one overall pick next year. I don't see how he doesn't go number one in every single draft. I think you're going to see the same thing with him, maybe not next year, but, you know, two, three years from now, we're going to be talking about him in the same light where it's like, boy, remember how good that guy was, you know, and it just, it, it goes quickly. Well, and okay, so let's break. So you, obviously I feel the same way about Gurley and Johnson as you. I didn't get Gurley on any leagues this year and I felt good about it. David Johnson, I don't think I selected him anywhere either. Um, but a, a, a player that could be 
stepping into this conversation that we're having about those two guys even earlier than McCaffrey. What about Ezekiel Elliott? Because he has been um, shouldering a huge workload in Dallas over the last few seasons, not only running the ball, but catching the ball as well. He doesn't really strike me as the type of guy that shies away from contact either. And, I, you know, I don't know if it's just going to take, like, one a knee injury or an ankle injury that turns into a debil- uh, debilitating thing, but we might be talking about Elliott in the same light, you know, maybe by the end of next season. I don't even know. But if it's hard for him to keep up this workload. Yeah, no question. I think you're already seeing it. And, you know, that coupled with the fact that he got his contract, he, he's never come across to me as somebody that's really truly in it to win championships. And, you know, like like you said, I mean, you're seeing already the, the wear and tear is starting to add up. And, and the Cowboys may really regret that decision because they have a tough decision to make on the quarterback. And it'll be real interesting to see how that all plays out. But yeah, I mean, you know, with these, with the running backs especially, I mean, it, you got to go young. Guys to look at for next year. I think Devin Singletary in Buffalo, he flashes a lot, and I think he has the potential next year to be one of those surprise guys who, who exceeds his value because, again, he's young, he's got fresh legs, a lot of energy, and you know, these 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 guys that are going in their fourth, fifth year, you know, the miles add up real quick. Yeah, the first round is going to be very, very interesting. I think, you know, I, I don't want to put the cart before the horse here, but I would imagine the FFPC will probably have some DEs, or excuse me, some best balls going on um, by, you know, before the end of January like we did last year. And it will be very, very uh, fascinating to see how these players are falling in uh, to the first round. Alone. You know, think about the first round running backs this year that, that people probably had buyer's remorse on. Now, Todd Gurley wasn't a first round pick, but he was selected in a lot of first rounds this past year. David Johnson, I think about the, the big rise he got, the big push he got towards the end of the drafting season where he was like the fifth running back off the board. Le'Veon Bell's been a massive disappointment. There were plenty of people drafting Joe Mixon at like the 8-9 uh, pick in the first round. So I don't know. And, and, you know, people have soured a little bit on Kamara. I don't know if that's necessarily Kamara's fault. Um, you know, he, he gets hurt and, you know, these things happen. Barkley missed some time, too, as well. So there's going to be a lot of things that are going to be fresh in fantasy players' minds when we start drafting again for 2020. That's really going to make this first round next year look very, very different uh, than it did in 2019. Shifting back to uh, the waiver wire, Tom. Uh, let's talk about Jonathan Williams here for a second because he stepped in when Marlon Mack, uh, you know, broke his hand and, and had a pretty good game uh, this past week. It sounds like Jordan Wilkins is is probably going to be playing Thursday night against Houston. Um, what did you do, or what were your plans? What what could you do had you had the money in in your leagues with Jonathan Williams in leagues where he was on the waiver wire this past week? Is he an empty the tank type guy, or did we already see his best game of the season? Great question. I, I you know it's funny. The other team has the opportunity. The other team is faced with a lot of bye week issues this week. It has Dalvin Cook, uh, uh, Gordon and Tyreek Hill all on a bye. So I'm really scrambling to try and win that playoff game. And Jonathan Williams was going to be the guy that I was going to add to just plug into my RB2 spot. And then the Wilkins stuff came up. So the last two days have been back and forth between him and Scarborough in Detroit. And obviously, I think Jonathan Williams has a lot more upside, but... Scarborough, again, when you're looking at that floor, 
I think his floor is is a lot safer. Williams could go out uh, and and do nothing on Thursday night, and Scarborough I think is in line to at least get sixty yards and a touchdown. So that those twelve points, that's hard to pass up at this point. But uh, you know Jonathan Williams, yeah, it'll be real interesting to see how it plays out. I, I I've never really I know Wilkins. I haven't seen too much of him. I, I did watch a lot of the runs that, that Williams made the other day. He's got a lot of juice. He's also a guy who has been – he was in Buffalo, and they were high on him. So, I mean, the the you know the talent is there. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, he's kind of bounced around. I feel like he was in – he had a little uh, – like a cup of coffee in New Orleans as well. And I remember watching him. He was on that Arkansas team in college with Alex Collins. And I remember watching yep. him, and, and, you know, a lot of the pundits out there uh, said that they liked Williams a lot better. I actually kind of like Collins uh, better, and Collins, I guess, you know, to, you can't really say he had the more successful career. I don't think either one of them has had a very successful career, but Collins had uh, a little bit of uh, a little bit of juice with him uh, for a little bit, at least in, in Baltimore. And Williams is the kind of guy, he's bounced around. Um, when he's gotten the opportunities in the past, for whatever reason, he gets dinged up and, and, and he goes out. And I don't know if he just has the body to, to be the everyday or every week guy uh, in the NFL, but he won't have to right now. He's got fresh legs coming in, um, and, uh, and we'll see how Indianapolis uses him tomorrow. But I think if, if you have the funds, um, what's the line from Ferris Bueller? If you have the means, I highly recommend it. He is so choice uh, going forward because you, you don't know. If he washes out, he washes out. But there aren't going to be better many many better opportunities off the waiver wire for the next couple of weeks to spend your money uh, than, than you will with Jonathan Williams. Um, <clears throat> talk about um, a team after my own heart, the Packers uh, here in northeast Wisconsin. They have not had a number two option. This is something that we talked about in the preseason. Haven't really had a successful, a bona fide number two option uh, after Devontae Adams at the wide receiver position this year. You talk about fantasy value in the Packers wide receivers. Is there anybody else uh, besides Devontae Adams on this team? Is it Alan Lazard? Is it somebody else? Is it no one uh, that has fantasy value for the rest, uh, for the remainder of 2019, Tom? I have Alan Lazard on, on the, the team that finished in third. I'm actually going to drop him this week in trying to add uh, David Njoku is on the wire. So I, I'm leaning towards picking up Njoku and dropping Lazard. Um, there again, that's that, you know, the, the point and a half for the tight end. Uh, you know, I have Andrews. I have Hunter Henry. If I add Njoku, you know, it gives me an opportunity potentially if I fall behind in week 15, you know, to, to load up on tight ends that final week and go for broke if I need to go that route. Um, I like Lazard. Um, Aaron Rodgers seems to like him. But that team really is showing that they want to run the ball. And as the season progresses and we get later in the year, you know, the weather gets colder. I think they're going to look to run the ball more. And I just, I, I don't, I can't envision myself pulling the trigger and starting Lazard. Everybody else up there, you know, I mean, Valdez Scantling, Geronimo Allison, who I've, you know, taken and started on a few teams this year only to be disappointed. Um, Jimmy Graham's done. So, you know, I mean, it's basically Devontae Adams. And again, <laughs> as a Bear fan, I, I think the Packers, to be honest, are overrated, and it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. But I'm not really high on the Packers uh, these final 
six weeks of the regular season and into the playoffs. Um, you know, and and, and re, in regards to Lazard too, I'm I'm with you. I think he is he is he's the guy. If I would have rostered any Packers receiver thus far, it would have been Lazard. And I'm I'm with you on dropping him because I look at it from the standpoint of like we've already seen what this offense is like without Devontae Adams, and it's not like Lazard was a featured receiver. He ran a lot of routes. He had a few targets. He it's not like he was crushing it with like a, a six or seventy and a touchdown in Adams stead. He he was not doing that at all. It was the total focus was on Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams uh when, when Adams was out was out and I would expect that to happen again if Adams were to get hurt. Well now where's the fantasy value in Lazard? Are you ever gonna start him even if Adams is hurt? No, there's no reason to keep him around and I think that's a position that well we'll see. I mean it, it could come back to bite the Packers in, in twenty nineteen. I think that's a focus that they need to look at in twenty twenty is getting a capable capable guy opposite Adams, especially as you mentioned with Graham aging and, and these other guys really failing to make an impact. Um on the waiver wire this week uh, is there anybody that you're aggressively going after? Very excited about this. You know, we, we've had some running backs uh, that we've already talked about in Scarborough and, and Jonathan Williams. You know, Darrell Williams might be floating out there in some leagues too. I don't know what your, your thoughts are on, on the Chiefs uh, running back situation given that they're not going to be playing this week. Um, but what who are you going after prior to week 12, Tom? Well, like I said, it looks like Najoku seems to be on quite a few wires. I think people have forgotten about him. And the Browns, who you know have basically taken a beating in the national media, and it's been a rough year, again, their schedule really gets lighter. I mean, people don't realize how difficult their schedule has been to this point. Their schedule's going to get a little softer here. I think he's a guy that could definitely um, help some teams down the stretch. Again, I'm I'm I've decided on Scarborough over Jonathan Williams. You know, I mean, he's not anything to get excited about, but again, he's a starting running back. He's a guy that I think can, you know, get you those, you know, floor points that you're looking for. Um, the other thing too with the whole Williams uh, Wilkins thing, you know, they really didn't say how long Mac's going to be out. I mean, Mac could be back in. A week or two right and then these guys are kind of pointless at that point not pointless but they're just not you know you're not going to be starting them for sure so you know the biggest things i think we talked about this last year you know for teams that are getting ready that are gearing up for that uh, 14 15 16 you know look at the schedules um you know make sure that you've got you know backup quarterback uh, you know, the, the, the roll of the dice always is the second kicker. You know, I know that, you know, it's it's tough to roster two kickers when you could be having some of that you feel is more valuable. But, you know, at the rate that these kickers have been getting hurt the last few years, you don't want to be taking a zero out of that spot. And take a look at defense, too, because you can add I'm, – I'm about to make a big move on uh, the third-place team tonight – my main ad is going to be the Baltimore defense. Nice. And, you know, they are not, you know, the Baltimore defense of 5, 10, 15 years ago, but they are a defense who's starting to play better. They've had some real nice weeks here. And they're a, they're, they're a team that's, that's, you know, successful at this point in the season. So uh, even a defense that may not be as stout as they once were, 
I think when they're playing on a team that's got a chance at, you know, finishing with a one or a two seed, you know, that's going to give them extra energy and they're going to have games that are going to exceed expectation because of just where the team is at at this point in the season. Um, one thing I, I failed to mention, too, <laughs> wouldn't it be just um, just like fantasy football for David Njoku, who kind of I, I would never say he was a, a, a darling in the draft season. I mean, he was still going as like the eighth or ninth, sometimes 10th tight end off the board. But people forgot about him because he kind of underperformed, and then he goes on IR. Wouldn't it be just like fantasy football for people who dropped him to, you know, obviously miss the playoffs, and then somebody else who did make the playoffs, pick him up off the waiver wire, and then he ends up in like week 15 going for like, you know, eight for – 150 and two touchdowns and then week 16 he gets six for 100 and a touchdown and ends up carrying some teams into some massive cash prizes i think that is so i mean we talk about league winners david and joku might be staring us in the face here tom i mean obviously you're taking advantage because you're going to try to pick him up this week but i mean he's he's got he's on an, an offense maybe he could be the 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 missing link that that this is why Cleveland struggled all season. Maybe Kareem Hunt, uh, the existence of him kind of opens things up. Uh, you know, and Beckham and Landry out there too. Uh, there, there's not going to be as much ten- attention down the seam to Njoku. Um, he's a pedigreed guy coming out of Miami. Maybe this is the the league winner that that we're that people should be paying attention to. Yeah, you know, I mean, last year, if you remember, it was uh, Derrick Henry, right, who came out of nowhere and, and he carried teams those final weeks and. You know, that's what it takes. I mean, at the end of the day, I've been doing this. I, you know, I keep telling myself every year, just keep putting yourself in a position to win. And, you know, last year I thought I had the team and, and it fizzled out. Uh, this year, you know, I'm really excited about both of these teams, but I'm also being cautious in saying that, you know, it may look wonderful on the screen, but, you know, it's going to take that, you know, you, you, you're hoping that you have that one special player that's going to do it. It's one of the things that's exciting about McCaffrey, too, is that, I mean, you look at last week, they, you know, they, they scored three points. And, and he still, he still got, what did he get? He got, you know, uh, 30 points. Right. Yeah, I, mean, I know. It's crazy. You know, it's crazy, uh, he, man. He, it's beyond crazy, and, and, you know, I mean, it'll be real interesting to see if the eventual overall winner isn't a team, if it's a team that doesn't have him on it, it'll have to really be a special team, in my opinion, because, I mean, he's just matchup proof, he's, you know, as safe as they get, and, you know, if they do go off and, and do well those three weeks, I mean, he, he's just going to carry teams absolutely carry teams and, and you think about like the, the supporting cast on carolina too it's like you know like, granted dj moore and curtis samuel are, are two pedigree guys but, but coming into the season they were largely unproven and then you have an aging greg olson that i don't care what anybody says i know the foot's still bothering him he's he's on his his last legs and then you have kyle allen i mean not even cam Newton yeah. at quarterback you have kyle allen um uh, and maybe that helps mccaffrey i don't know uh, but it's just his season this year is as historic as his season was last year. This one is even more incredible, in, in my opinion, no question. Um, Tom, it, this has uh, been a lot of fun catching up with you tonight. Uh, before I let you go, one more final question. 
Is there anybody that, that you think um, is going to be started in a lot of leagues this week in the playoffs that you think fantasy owners should actually rethink and, and maybe question, like, hey, this guy probably shouldn't be locked into your lineups. See if you got a better option. Um, and then another guy that uh, that is going to be on a lot of benches that you think, hey, you know, take another look here. If you can find a way to flex this guy out, he could really pay dividends in week 12. Well, the guy that I think, again, we talked about John Brown. I, I just don't – something is telling me that he's going to, you know, under underperform this week. So he, he's a guy that I, I would definitely give a long, hard look at. Now, obviously, you know, I wouldn't say sit him for Taylor Gabriel, but, I mean, if, you know, you have a more viable option that you feel comfortable with, you know, I would definitely uh, think about – potentially sitting him in terms of you know guys that that could surprise I think Calvin Ridley had a nice week last week I think he's going to continue to ascend upward he's got a great matchup this week um you know a guy who who just really I'm disappointed that I didn't get more of him because he was a guy that was falling was uh Corden Sutton in Denver um you know, he, he goes out every week, and it doesn't matter who he's going up against. I mean, he just keeps producing. So, you know, he's somebody who could flash, um, you know, these last four or five weeks here and continue to, uh, you know, help teams out at this point. Again, it's just looking at those schedules. You know, I mean, you know, I, I'll give you my bear of the week, and I think David Montgomery is a guy who this week could bounce back. He's, you know, it's been up and down, obviously, but he's another guy that could uh, – exceed expectations especially coming off of the bad game he had last week i uh i have john brown in like two or three leagues and he is he is in my lineups i i right now i don't have a better option uh uh for him unfortunately and i wish i did after after hearing your viewpoint on this you fortunately do have a better option uh, on your third place main event team that that looks uh, very, very good heading into uh, the league playoffs. I want to wish you uh, good luck this weekend. Good luck the rest of the way as you uh, try to you know, climb all your way up to the top of the leaderboard to cash that $500,000 grand prize. And thanks so much for joining the show, man. Always enjoy talking to you. Uh, always enjoy rapping about fantasy football with you. And uh, wish you nothing but the best the rest of the way. We'll talk again soon. Appreciate it, Eric. Thanks for everything you guys do. You guys really run a nice, uh, nice event, and uh, I appreciate it all. Thank you for listening to the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. And thanks to Grapes for our theme music. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Rotoviz radio feed. It helps us find new listeners. Contact us via email rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think. And follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the show by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the NFL podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast.